five Alabama players have declared for the draft, including the presumptive top two picks. The Senior Bowl roster is getting pretty tight. And where are things trending in the world of mock drafts? All that and more on tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. tonight's edition of the draft countdown podcast i'm your co-host brian bosarge joined as always by my co-host shane p hallam shane we are 112 days 22 hours 58 minutes and 22 seconds away from the 2023 nfl draft yeah it's draft time we are we're down to one more college football game to be played this year we're down to how many teams in the nfl that don't have anything to play for other than draft positioning this this is entering you know full draft mode and this is why we're here 100 it is unofficially draft season for us the page views on, on the website are bearing that out shane that uh people are starting to get that they're starting to get that itch they're like you said their teams are out now they're focused on how can we get better and uh, and you mentioned it to me yesterday that combine invites are starting to go out that always just seems so early uh, when they do that every year about this time. But uh, if you're watching us live tonight, uh, drop us a question in the comments section and we will get to it at the end of the episode. If you're uh, on Twitter, go to at draft countdown, ask us a question there and we will answer it at the end of the episode. Or if you're a member of our discord, you can ask the question there. If you're not a member of our discord and you want to be, go to draftcountdown.com and in the search bar top right corner. There's a link to join our discord there and get in on all the NFL draft, college football, NFL football discussions that we have going on there on a daily basis. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's I think things are are heating up. And, you know, if you're not watching the intro to the podcast on YouTube, then you got to do that, too. So I'm I'm right there with you. It's it's time to check out all the draft countdown stuff. Hundred percent on that, Shane. uh, We uh, we might have some action here at the top of the draft. Uh, this week, Houston Texans currently picking first, playing the team currently picking fifth, the Indianapolis Colts. If Houston loses and Chicago plays, is it Minnesota? Yep. If Chicago loses to Minnesota, who still playing for that number one seed in the NFC, uh, Chicago becomes the team with the first pick in the draft. And then, Shane, let the sale begin. <laughs> Maybe look, I, I I'm still not convinced. I do not think the Bears are. Mo- I I don't think you move down in this draft now. Nate Peterman is starting for the Chicago Bears this week, so I have a feeling they're not winning this game they against the Minnesota Vikings. So it's going to be up to you know. And I, I think Houston, Lovey Smith, you know, they're fighting for jobs over there, so it definitely could happen. But I. You know, I think it's easy to say when you have a quarterback in place, oh, we're going to trade down. And, you, you know, teams will give up a lot. But I, I think it's going to be mighty difficult for a team like the Chicago Bears to pass on Will Anderson, one of the best pass rushers we've seen in the NFL draft, to pass on a Jalen Carter. You know, I, these are elite defensive prospects that you don't get a chance to draft. And you have to move down and miss one. That That is a big price to pay. So I, I know everyone's kind of jumping to that. But I do think that that is uh, a little presumptuous of people. My initial thought is how far down are they moving? And what all are they getting back? Because they don't have a second round pick. 
thing, or they, they don't do. have their they they had they the Baltimore second round pick. Right. They they uh, don't have their own, so they could look to recoup that pick as well as some future pick. This team's bad outside of Justin Fields right now. They have a lot of holes to fill, and the more picks they can get, I think the better off they're going to be. And if they can get that number one pick and start shopping, I mean, even for that matter, the number two pick might be up for sale as well if they don't get to number one. Uh, Seattle currently picking third, thanks to Denver. Uh, Arizona picking fourth, probably not going to win this week either. Uh, Indianapolis, as I mentioned earlier, picking fifth. Indianapolis can, in theory, get as high as three, uh, but that would require Denver and Arizona both winning, unlikely. Um, Denver is favored this week. The the Chargers looks like they're going to rest their players if things are locked up. So there's a chance they'll at least maybe move up a spot. Okay, Arizona not likely though. They're starting um, like yeah, their seventh. David Blau is starting. David Blau, they, they're their fifth quarterback, I believe, that started this year for Arizona. Uh, Detroit currently picking six. Indianapolis can they can only fall as far as six, by the way, and that would require the Rams uh, losing and them winning. Uh, but the Rams currently uh, would have the sixth pick if not for the Matt Stafford trade. Detroit has that. Atlanta picking seventh. Uh, Las Vegas picking eighth and Carolina picking ninth. All three of those teams currently six and ten. So you could see a lot of movement there. Uh, New Orleans, uh, whose pick goes to Philadelphia, is currently in a gaggle of seven and nine, a seven, eight, one team. So there could be a lot of movement from like seven to 14 uh, after this week. A lot can happen there um, as well. So that's going to, that that's the top 10, Shane. Uh, any, any any observations there? No, I I think it is interesting. I mean, this the Saints kind of looking at this, the only team on a three game winning streak in that top ten. So that you know, we were we were thinking that might be a top five pick for the Eagles. Now has kind of fallen off a little bit, and um, they're playing the, the Panthers this week. So that's a pretty big game for the back end of that top ten. One of those teams probably falling out of the top ten of the draft, and one is uh, moving up. Yeah, good for Saints fans who didn't want to see their first round pick be a top top five pick going away. Nobody wants to see that. No. Uh, all right. Big week this week for who's in and who's out of the 2023 draft. Uh, we I mentioned in the uh, tease at the beginning, uh, Alabama, five players uh, entering the draft this week. Bryce Young, possibly the number one overall pick. Will Anderson, possibly the number one overall pick. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, the running back, uh, Brian Branch could be the top nickel drafted or could be the top safety drafted, depending on what the team that's drafted him wants. Uh, and Eli Ricks, an underachieving but very talented cornerback prospect, also declared. It, it is kind of interesting to be. We saw a lot of Alabama guys transfer, and now we're seeing almost everyone declare. Sometimes they have, right, someone go back to school that we didn't expect, and we saw that last year. But it seems like almost everyone we expected is declaring a lot of potential first-round picks in that group. I think Brian Branch, you mentioned, um, Jameer Gibbs, you know, obviously Will Anderson and Bryce Young are going to go in the first round. Um, so Alabama's, as always, going to have some high first-round picks. Uh, two other declarations of note. Uh, Iowa edge rusher Lucas Van Ness, Shane. This is a guy I've got I've to get in on. Uh, I know Dane Brugler is really high on him at the Athletic. You've you've uh, sung his praises as well uh, several times this season. Well, what, what do you like about Van Ness? Just a super you know stout kind of inside outside player. Um, great leverage. He plays so low to the ground. Great handwork. He's one of those kind of technicians at the position. I think he's just different from a lot of the other edge rushers and defensive linemen that we've uh, that we have in the first round. Um, so I think Van Ness, especially with these, te- a lot of teams need some run defense help. I think Van Ness could really help there. Yeah. Uh, and the other, uh, of note was Southern Cal defensive lineman, Tuli Tuliupu Lotu, uh, m- might get in there at the bottom of the first, but more likely a, uh, high to mid second round pick. Really impressive early season, kind of fell off here late as the SC defense fell off. Um, undersized, you know, three-tech, penetrating defensive lineman, play a little bit of edge, another versatile piece, maybe could play some five-tech. Um, I, I like him. I think I'm higher on him than most people. But, yeah, probably day two. A uh, couple sur- 
couple of returns. I don't know if it's how surprising or not. Well, they are kind of surprising because they both had accepted senior bowl invites, but going back to school, uh, the most recent was Will Reichert, the kicker from Alabama. Um, he's heading back to Tuscaloosa in lieu of the NFL uh, and Rook or Horhoro, the defensive lineman from Clemson, uh, who had previously accepted his invite to the senior bowl has, uh, is going back to school. I, I was a little surprised. Honestly, I don't think either of them should have been at the senior bowl anyway, but being in Alabama and Clemson has its benefits. Uh, so I, I think, uh, I think Rook Horhoro will be interesting next year. And, um, Def, I don't know, going back, I think definitely improves his stock potentially. Will Reichert, I, I don't think, is an NFL kicker, so I'm, I'm just out there. Wow. Reichert, like I said, if you're a specialist of note at Alabama or Auburn <laughs> and you're eligible for a senior bowl, come on, then It's going to happen. Uh, see, speaking of the senior bowl, Shane, we got eight more names. Um before I get into the names, their roster based off accepted invites and taking out the two players that we know have gone back to school, roster currently sits at 131. I don't think there's that many players on their roster. Based off some of the players that I saw accept invites today, I feel like we're in the next man on the list stage of, of their roster building. There's some guys that have either had some injuries that we don't know about yet we but we will know about it once the official roster comes out and that's when we can start figuring out who's off and who's on um but so like i said some of these names that they added today uh definitely was next guys up but that doesn't mean that we don't like some of these guys especially the first guy we're going to talk about eight players it was eight players uh from last week to now have accepted and we're going to start at the center position jake andrews from troy I was hoping, I was hoping for Jake Andrews to get to Mobile and yeah, definitely a next man up, I guess, kind of deal. So maybe I'm a little bit too high on him, but he's right. I mean, he's my number eight center, which isn't super high, but I think it's a pretty good center class. Um, So we'll see, we'll see what happens with him. I mean, you mentioned how good this center class is just based off of who's at the senior bowl. This last year, like I said, at this time we were wondering who was going to snap the ball. Yeah. All week. They had no centers at all on the roster. This year they've got six. Uh, although I'm based off this, I think John Michael Schmitz, and based off his not playing in the bowl game after he said he was, I think he might be injured. He might be one of the ones off. Uh, defensive line this week, we get Gerard Clark, Coastal Carolina, big nose tackle. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's definitely a, a whole plugger. Day three player, but one of those nose tackles that could – get on a roster, play a decent amount of snaps? Uh, this is one of the ones that, that led me to believe we're at the roster fill uh, next guy up. Say, Asim Richards, North Carolina. We have him listed as a guard, 6'4", 320. Yeah, de- definitely not someone that I've watched and, and been, you know, super impressed with. But it, we've had those players that, you know, we didn't really have on our radar and then to go back and watch him, like, oh, wow, you know, th- this is a little bit better. Maybe some Richards is that player, but I definitely didn't expect that invite at this point. Um, Will Reichert's replacement uh, was announced one day after Will Reichert said he wasn't, and it's Jack Pudlesny, uh, the kicker from Georgia. Look, we, we just, just replace the Alabama kicker with the Georgia kicker, who uh, Pudlesny didn't exactly have a great playoff game this past uh, you know, this past weekend. So not one would have been my pick. I'll say that. Yeah. We know who would have been your pick. The guy who had the biggest shank in the bowl game. <laughs> no, I look, no, I look, I would have picked the Michigan kicker. Jake Moody, I think is probably the best kicker in the trap. That's fair. I also find it funny here that both long snappers and both kickers now in the senior bowl originally were committed to the Hula bowl. I don't know why I find that funny, but it's just, <laughs> They were – give the Hula Bowl guys credit. They were on the specialist. They knew it. They knew it was coming. Uh, linebacker Cam Jones, Indiana, very productive player. Yeah, very productive, good downhill tackler. He – not a great defense for Indiana this year. He was definitely the leader there. Um, 
we'll come back to the running backs. Uh, tight end Payne Durham added. Uh, he was at the Shrine game now coming up to the Senior Bowl. One of those kind of productive pass-catching tight ends who's he's had a good career, but I just don't know if he's athletic enough for the NFL. Uh, so he's, he's further down my list. We've got him at seven tight ends right now. Uh, we don't know if Kincaid is going to be able to play. I think he's been injured, right? Or he, he or he yeah, he opted out of the Rose Bowl. He came back for their last game, but okay, could could be a situation of you know something. Clean so up either there. they could have six because we know Hunter Lup- Luke he's, uh he's out he's out. But uh, so, but if they're going to go with eight, you're still holding out hope for Tucker Craft. I want Tucker Craft in Mobile. He should be there. All right. Last uh, two running backs this week. Uh, we're going to talk about one of these later. So uh, it's Ty J. Spears from Tulane. We're going to talk a lot about him later on in the show. So we'll skip him for now. But uh, I think the world saw how good Kenny McIntosh was in that uh, Peach Bowl there, Shane. And uh, he's coming down here. He's been doing it all year. He's someone I've been hyping from before the season. That Georgia starter is going to get drafted. I think Kenny McIntosh, like a lot of running backs in this class, maybe have a shot at round three. Three down player, uh, that Kenny McIntosh yeah. for sure. All right, Shane, that's going to do it for the Senior Bowl this week. But now it's time to talk mock drafts. I know you love mock drafts. You love mock drafts a lot more than I do, Shane. I think that is <laughs> I, I, well, I do, I do. well documented. But nobody does information gathering on mock drafts better than our guest tonight. It's our good friend Denny from – Mock draft database. Denny, man, how you doing? Hello, everyone. How's it going? Good. It's... Thanks for coming on, man. Of course. Of course. Yeah, I was uh, I was laughing because yeah, Shane uh, Shane's probably writing up a 2027 mock draft right now, getting ready. <laughs> look! 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 I I gotta I gotta be the one to initiate every year That's true. on your site. So That's true. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. No, no, no doubt about it. That man knows he loves him some mock drafts. You know, when when he starts when he starts doing those mock drafts, and I'm like, all right, I guess I got to get started on that year. <laughs> players. It's a little, it's a little bit. Right? Yeah. You may as well just go ahead and just go ahead and get the 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 uh, the the temp, template started. Like as soon as this draft's over, go ahead and get the 2026 one started because it's I'm coming not May, long so, after. Yep. So get get ready. Hey, it gives me an excuse to get the simulator up for for that year. So you can start picking these players that may not ever be even first round picks, but it'll be fun. <laughs> they may never, That's they may it. never finish college football. To be honest, <laughs> some of these guys. It's true. Uh, all right, let's just let's just get it out of the way. Uh, who's gonna who, who's who's projected right now? The top quarterback is it Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and how is that gone? Has it has it yo-yoed uh, throughout this process? Uh, I think it's been pretty consistent, Byron Young. Or uh, not Bryce Young, Bryce Young, um, pretty pretty consistently that he's been the, the top quarterback. Uh, you know, before before these bowl games and everything, I kind of had this like weird feeling that Will Levis was going to sneak up there and get that for top pick just because you know he p- puts out those videos of him like tossing the ball like you know without without moving like really far, and I'm like, man, one of these one of these owners is just going to see that and they're going to be like, we need to get that guy, you know. Uh, and he's got the size and everything, but you know, after the, after the two bowl games, I think I think Young and Stroud have kind of solidified the one and two spots. Um, so they'll they'll probably go. My guess is one and two in the in the draft. Yeah, very possible. I think um, I think it's gonna be interesting to see how people kind of trend on both of them going forward. Too is there, are there any other trends now? That, you know, you're you're putting on mock drafts up there every day, so. If, you know, anyone that's listening wants to wants to see mock draft heaven. It's Denny's site. Um, <laughs> but are there any trends, things that have been changing here, especially in, in bowl season? Guys moving up, guys moving down. Anything that you've kind of noticed as you're adding a lot of these? Um, you know, I think I think Spencer Rattler kind of came on strong uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, but you know, we don't know what he's going to end up doing. He might go back to school. Everyone's just kind of waiting for that. Um, not super, you know, uh, that high of a prospect, you know, it'll be like that fourth round, fifth round kind of guy. Um, as far as like guys that kind of moved up, I mean, Kenny McIntosh for sure, uh, moved up. Um, you know, I, I think, I think, um, uh, Spears from Tulane, 
you know, still hasn't really caught on. There's a lot of these kind of these guys that you know they're, are going to be higher, but most most of the uh, mock draft world hasn't really caught up to it. You know, a perfect example would been would have been um, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. You know, for a long time he was like cornerback five, six, you know, maybe four, and now he's moving up. He's moved up to two, and I I would not be surprised if he ends up being the number one corner. Uh, you know, because a lot of these a lot of these people are now starting to catch up to you know what he is. That brings me to a question I had is the the cornerback position, unlike a lot of these other position groups, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot separating like the top five. So like how are how are you seeing like this? Like you said Christian Gonzalez is now up to number two. Is is Ringo still the top guy or is it Cam Smith or, or are we seeing some who else who else is in this like you know group of corners? Yeah, I mean, right now it's kind of like a, a three-way race between Ringo, Gonzalez, and, and Porter. Uh, Cam Smith is right right there too, and then like behind them in that like next group are, are Phillips from Utah and, and Witherspoon from Illinois. Uh, but there's you know a solid group, and it, it's still super early. You know, I think I think things are going to change once you know the the uh, combine happens and um, you know all all that fun stuff. So. Uh, I still like to kind of say like, yeah, this is, these are good rankings right now, but things are going to change. You know, people are, kids are, kids are still declaring, kids are still returning to school and stuff. And this is kind of that weird time. And I remember um, it was a few, few years back, um, I think Greg Newsom declared. And at the time, Greg Newsom hadn't shown up in any mock drafts. And so when he declared, you know, ended up becoming a first round pick, but he was not in any mock drafts at, up, up until that point. And I think same with um, who is the uh, Northwestern offensive lineman that went in the first round a few years back too? Slater. Slater, yeah, another one. He he declared he wasn't in any mock drafts as well. Yeah, like, so it's early. <laughs> you're you're gonna have those guys that no one expected, right? And you didn't want no yeah. one watched, and then you're like, right. oh crap, I gotta watch this guy. Exactly. I think like there's always a couple every year that I watch. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, well, I miss this, right? Um, so. Uh, Brian asked about corners. One other position I want to ask about that I'm interested in in how this position group is jostling is wide receiver because, I mean, to me, I think there's kind of a big three in in Quentin Johnston for TCU, Jordan Addison, USC, Jackson Smith, and Jigman from Ohio State. We've seen guys like Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee and, you know, Rasheed Rice from SMU, Zay Flowers from Boston College, right? A lot like getting kind of mixed in there. What, what's happening with receiver in these mock drafts? Is there a consensus order? Is it pretty jumbled and we're waiting for that, those next steps to figure it out? I think, I think there's definitely a one and two, which is, you know, Johnston from TCU and Addison from USC. Um, uh, JSN has been kind of, um, you know, been falling, uh, understandably. I mean, he, had, he didn't play the entire year, uh, opted out, which I kind of, sneaking speculation that uh, I wonder if he opted out because he was worried that had he not performed to the level of like the Marvin Harrison Jr. that he would absolutely not be a first round pick then. At least now you still have that stigma uh, that he can kind of hold on to. Uh, so I would not be surprised if, if he falls to the second round. It wouldn't shock me, you know, if he went like in the high second round. Uh, but, you know, there, there's kind of like that one, two, and then a bunch of other guys. They're all kind of jumbled together with the Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs, uh, Rice from SMU. Uh, you know, these are all the, these guys that are kind of that second tier group. One guy you tweeted about a few weeks ago that has saw his like graph just skyrocket was Tyree Wilson, edge rusher from Texas Tech. Um, how high are you seeing him go? And after that, I want to talk about Andre Carter from Army because I know we had the whole controversy congressional deal with him. Now that that's cleared up, or have we seen his number kind of settle back down as well? Yeah, so uh, for, for Tyree Wilson, um, he's kind of now starting to stabilize where he's at. Uh, it's in that like seven, eight, nine range. Uh, so definitely high first round pick. Uh, highest I've seen him go in mock drafts is like four to the Cardinals. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see how high he ends up going. Uh, especially if I think it'll all depend on the quarterbacks, right? Uh, if the teams kind of stay where they're at, 
you know, and like say the Bears don't trade down, they stay at two or stay at one and, and they take Will Anderson and then another not QB needy team stays up there. Uh, then you could see a Tyree Wilson going high. Uh, but, you know, if these teams trade up and, and the quarterbacks go high, then Tyree Wilson probably going like that, you know, five to eight range. Uh, as far as the um, Andre Carter, I think he's been pretty consistent. Let me let me see where he's at right now. Oh, he's actually moved up. He's um, well, he's been like in that like thirty to forty range. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of the mocks, some of them have him in the first round, but you know, I think he's going to be just a solid like mid mid uh, rounder, high round, second round pick. So one thing I like about your database compared to some others is like you'll you'll include almost everybody, which which I I like because I like finding new people. And, you know, sometimes you can find some gems of people. You're like, oh, you know, these people really um, get what they're doing. On the other end, sometimes there are some some maybe faux pas or things that Mm -hmm. people do that they shouldn't. You tweeted about one recently. uh, Maybe you can (laughs) talk about. But are there there any, any mistakes now, if anyone out there wants to submit their mock draft, that they shouldn't, you shouldn't be making uh, to submit one at this point. So the, the reason I like to include uh, the names you don't hear about is because I feel like those people take it a lot more serious, right? They're they're kind of invested in it. They they're doing this out of passion, not because it's a job. Uh, I think a lot of a lot of times, like especially some of these major sites, um, I start to see a pattern of exactly what they do. You know, like, for example, they create a mock draft and then they replace one player, and put in some random player into the mock draft just to make it interesting. Uh, and I notice that every time. And then the next mock draft, that player's gone. They replace it with someone else. Uh, and so it, that's where I'm like, hmm, like that seems like kind of you're just writing articles to get clicks. You're not actually passionate about it. Uh, you know, there was there was definitely like um, my favorite is uh, uh, when 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 the the writers write completely different names for the player you know like uh i think there was one what was it um i forget there was a quarterback from um was it byu yeah the the jared hall jared hall yeah yeah and he wrote like darren something or other and i'm like wait what like you didn't even get the name right (laughs) uh anyway i was so confused uh but it, it just kind of like uh you you'd be surprised at how many misspellings there are um you know, you should see my, my, my database. I kind of like track every misspelling there is and because that's just what happens. Uh, but yeah, so there's a lot of that, a lot of uh, random random players showing up for no reason. Um, every once in a while, I'll notice like a player uh, that, that has um, returned to school, right? So then they're ineligible. Uh, not too frequently. And I kind of, exp- I'm okay with that, especially like when it's a week or two out, but when it's like a month later, it's like, come on, like you're not even paying attention, uh, especially a high profile player, player that goes in the first round. Uh, that's kind of inexcusable. I saw that uh, today with what somebody had when you tweeted about yeah. Oluf Ashanu. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like, come on. Uh, but yeah. There's a, there's a lot of that, which is, which is always fun to, to see. I, I think one of the, one of my favorite things, uh, you know, I think I've, I've said this before, but I am, I'm, I'm a user of my own site, right? I, I love my, I love mock drafts. So I built the site. And then one of my favorite things I do is I love to see what players aren't in the mock drafts rather than what players show up in the mock drafts. Because I like to see, oh, interesting, that per that this mock draft didn't include Ringo as a first rounder, for example. Oh, why? Okay, let's go, let's go look at the mock draft and see how that fell. You know, maybe, maybe it's like justified, maybe it's crazy, but it keeps things fresh and interesting and 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 makes you think a little bit more. Because I think that's a lot of times when you read a mock draft, you're kind of don't you read it, but you don't really uh, know who's missing unless it's a super high-profile player. Uh, so it's 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 uh, it's fun to do that. So if you see that with Shane, it's because there was a reason for it. If you see it with mine, it's because I forgot. <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> there is a you know your your guys' site is definitely one where I have to add a lot of new players to the database, which is good. I mean, I, I love adding players to the database, but. Uh, there's definitely a lot of them like, man, I didn't even know that that player was there. Or like that player, wow, that's that's cool. But you know, it, it that that really makes it interesting, right? Because it's boring when it's the same stuff over and over again. You use the same rankings over and over again. And uh, that's why I love finding all different websites out there because everyone's going to have a different opinion on stuff. 
I was a little disappointed when I looked on your looked at mine on your site earlier and I didn't see a rare by it. I was like, I will try better. I will try Man. harder next time. Man. Yeah, you, need one, you need one rare. You need one. Yeah, at least one. Yeah, I think a, I think a rare is a I think a, above a hundred on the ranking on the on the big board. So if the player is above a hundred, then you know that that player is like a rare first round. I have taken this as a challenge. <laughs> okay, uh, let's get back. Let's go, let's get back to quarterbacks right quick. Uh, we talked about Stroud. We talked about Young. We assume Levis and Richardson are the next two quarterbacks, and I'm quite sure your rankings bear that out. Whether it's in the first round or not, I mean they shouldn't be, but whether that is is the case or not. Who is number five right now? So right now it's Hooker, but I, I Tanner McGee, Tanner McKee from Stanford is like right behind him. So it's a, those two are our next up. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see how. how I mean, I don't know how Hooker is going to do any offseason, anything. So I mean, I could see McKee taking taking that spot. Uh, you know, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And I assume Hooker was third before the injury. Uh, I don't think so. So Levis was still ahead? Yeah, yeah. And I think Richardson was ahead of him, too, before the injury. Okay. (laughs) I I think, yeah, I think we're lower on those two. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have you ever thought about – I don't know, you know, we, we do the Huddle Report contest, and there, there's a couple different sites out there kind of grading the mocks things. Um, have you ever thought about a way to kind of grade the mocks after everything's said and done, especially when you have you have this full database, people's histories, and that, that kind of thing? Is that ever, you know, to look at accuracy to start to get that? I know it's maybe easier said than done. Yeah, funny you ask. I, I actually do grade them at the end of the year. Uh, so it's... Um... You know, I, I grade every single mock draft. So even if, a, you know, a writer is, you know, wrote 20 mock drafts for the year, uh, one in May right after the draft, and then one in April right leading up to the draft, all those get graded. Uh, as you can imagine, the ones closer to April are going to be more accurate. Uh, and I think I think the one thing that I do is I, I, I give a little bit more uh, – I, I do like a point total, right? So it's like – you, you guess the right player at the right position. That's a point. You get a, you guess the right position at the right at the right pick. That's a point. The right college at the pick. That's a point. I mean, even though that it doesn't really matter, but it just gives a little bit more interest rather than just guessing the exact pick. Um, and so, because of that, I, 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 you know, created my own little ranking. And it was last year's was a little tough. I think. Uh, um, I think there was there was a trade right. Uh, Oh, no, it was the Giants picks, right? The Giants had, like, two picks almost very close together. And so a lot of people had the right players, but at the right at the wrong spots. And so that kind of, like, screwed the accuracy for a lot of mock drafts. Um, but the year before, there was there was one mock draft, I think, that had a really, really high percentage. Um, yeah. Josh Norris, uh, yeah. From, yeah, uh, Josh Norris. I didn't yeah. see what he had. He had, uh, he guessed 47% uh, correct. Which is insane for, for a prom draft. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, I mean, but that was actually that, that draft actually, as a whole, a lot of writers had correct, and that could be because maybe there wasn't a lot of trades happening. Um, maybe the draft just kind of fell as as expected. Uh, you know, I think trades definitely uh, mess with a mock. Everyone, every every time there's a, a trade that happened, they're like, "No, my mock draft is ruined." But uh, it's still fun to to see how people do. All right, Denny, last question for me. Mm-hmm. Which Byron Young gets drafted higher? Oh, my gosh. So it wasn't until, like, a few weeks into the season that I realized there was two players. And I'm like, okay, no problem. I'll just, you know, I'll go by position. And it's like, oh, they're, they're at the same position. Great. Um, and I'm like, you know, not only that, but I'm like, okay, maybe one of them is not even that important. You know, it's like maybe he, maybe he plays at, like, I don't know, some – one double A school. Nope. They're both SEC players that are both going to be in the draft. And I'm like, Oh my God. So I had to, you know, go through and I, I added them, but I think oh, funny enough, I think they're both like right up against each other in ranking. <laughs> if I remember correctly, let's see. Yeah. One is Byron Young from Tennessee is ranked 137th and Byron Young from Alabama is ranked 138th. 
<laughs> like these two guys cannot be more alike. I mean, I don't know them. I'm not a scout. I don't know them as players, but from a data standpoint, they could not be more similar. <laughs> That's good. So Shane, yeah. you got another question? Like, well, like I gotta ask about 2024 since uh, All right. since I'm, I'm since I'm uh, on that uh, on that database and my stuff's on there. Um, you know, it is basically like when you, when we're a year and a half out from a draft. Mm-hmm. Is is there anything that you can take from these mocks, these early mocks, or is it like? You know, not to not to tell people not to look at my 2024 mock, but it's like, look, you, you probably sh- you probably shouldn't put much stock there. <laughs> it's it, it's just fun to look at because um, I I take a I take a look at those mocks and it, and it's a way for me to know, okay, who should I be watching in the games next year? Uh, you know, that's really what this is, and um, you know, or or for example, like a lot of these players that return to school. Um, maybe they'll show up, they have shown up in 2023 mocks or, or rankings or whatever. And now I bring them to 2024. Well, they have some data now. So now because they have some data, they're going to be ranked a little higher. Um, and, you know, with that, I also then went back and I added, you know, just manually added five-star prospect, four-star prospects into the database from that year that are, you know, the first year eligible. So that way, at least there's some players there. And then from there, you can kind of go to the simulator and, and, you know, make your own mock draft, but it's, I, I wish more people did future mock drafts, even though, I mean, at the end of the day, it's for fun, right? We're all just guessing and having fun. I think some people maybe take it too seriously where it's like, no, like, so what? Like there's some mock drafts where people only do like the top 10 picks. It's like, come on, you can, you can do more <laughs> than top 10 picks, you know, it, it's just, it, just do a simulator real quick. Um, but I actually, I'm, it, it's funny. I talk about the simulator, but um I've I've saw I've seen a trend where writers are too reliant on the simulators, whether it's my simulator or the other sites of simulators, to the point where a lot of mock drafts are starting to all kind of look the same, uh, rather than people being a little bit more independent about who they choose to draft, rather than like letting letting the, the simulator kind of determine who they're going to draft. So. Hmm. Well, Diddy, we can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, you came on with us last year. We're happy. Glad to have you back. We both use your That's simulator uh, a lot. Um, <laughs> awesome. And it will we'll probably be – our the rest of our staff will probably be using it very soon uh, as, as we get into the season. But uh, tell everybody where they can follow you and where they can get all this beautiful data from. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at, at underscore mock drafts. Uh, and my website is nflmockdraftdatabase.com. And there you'll be able to you – don't, you don't have to Google mock drafts anymore. I post them up daily uh, and you can kind of get an idea of like rankings and seeing every single mock drafts out there. Uh, and you can play with the simulator as well. And make your own mock draft. Awesome, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Yes, of course. Thanks, Danny, man. That was, uh, that was our good buddy, Denny from mock draft database uh, coming on. Yeah. He's, 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 he's fun. And uh, you know, he he knows his stuff, so I, I I enjoy hearing that perspective and getting that you know big kind of overview look. Ultimately, yeah, it's it's good 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 to know good to get to get those numbers out, and uh, especially as we get closer. Um, and like right now, I, I'm looking at his consensus uh, mock draft, and only four spots currently have sixty percent or higher, like with that player. Um, one for the, the Jets pick, Broderick Jones thought that thought that was interesting. Sixty yeah. percent of mock drafts uh, got the Jets going with the George offensive tackle, so that's uh, that's good stuff. All right, Shane. For the for the most part, the bowl games are over with, and we only got the one the national championship game left. So we both watched those games, and uh, so best players we saw this week, Shane. Um, we, we kind of teased it earlier, your guy this week, and I think everybody who watched the Cotton Bowl uh, who didn't know who Tajay Spears was, I've been talking about him all year. I feel like I was one of the first guys on that train. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spears' national coming out party against the uh, poor Trojans defense there in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have not watched Tulane. 
So you just didn't get to see what Tajay Spears was doing all year. He's definitely a smaller running back, but you see the explosiveness and the speed in this game. I mean, he he was running away from the Southern Cal defense, just absolutely dicing them up. Um, it, it, like I said, I, I think that burst and that speed was, I don't know, took, took that defense by surprise uh, for them to actually come back and win in the Cotton Bowl. He had 205 yards rushing, four rushing touchdowns, and a couple of them were some some long ones in there as well. Um, had a big reception. Like, he was the offense early. They, they weren't throwing the football with Michael Pratt. And so I, I think when you watch Tajay Spears, to me, it's kind of, kind of a, a a taller, you know, Neheim Hines. Reminds me of him at NC State, where the, the dynamic, explosive, short-range ability creates these bigger plays when you can get them in space, really tough to bring down and, you know, picks up some tougher yardage. So we mentioned he got the senior bowl invite that that's accepted. I think we knew he had the invite for a while, but we got the acceptance after the bowl game. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for him and a really, it's a stacked running back class. I think on that day too. Um, but he definitely has a shot that and if he falls to round four, I think Tajay Spears, could end up being a steal. I'd be really surprised if he's not a contributor at the NFL level. Um, So instead of just talking about the quarterback some more, I think Spears was definitely one of my most impressive this week from the games that I was covering for the site. We're uh, we're going to talk about Spears a little bit more in a minute, uh, along with some other uh, similar statured running backs. uh, Just a second. But I got to tell you, when you're going against uh, the Joe Moore offensive line of the year, Michigan has – and a guy in Ryan Hayes going to be at the Senior Bowl. Uh, people are going to be rushing back to the tape now, I think, to uh, to watch the Horn Frog Ed Rusher Dylan Horton after that performance he had. Uh, he'll be oh, another one. Will be at the Senior Bowl uh, here in a few weeks. Uh, four weeks, about four weeks, less than four weeks away. By the way, for those uh, keeping score at home. Uh, is the senior bowl, but Dylan Horton against Michigan in that um, Fiesta Bowl, four sacks, a forced fumble, and a pass breakup. Um, they couldn't block him. I mean, it, that's not to say the other pressures he he had in the game. I mean, a lot to like about him. I mean, he's been productive this season as well. Uh, he's gone through a couple maybe lapses, but for the most part, very productive player this year. Yeah, I, I really like the length and the way that he uses his arms. I think Michigan obviously thought that they could go one-on-one and stop Dylan Horton, and they couldn't and really couldn't adjust to uh, th- that length off the edge. Like, he has a good first step with the long arms, when you can't get your hands on him, that's when Dylan Horton's doing his damage. So that, that was super impressive. And I think without him, they don't, they don't win that game. TCU doesn't win. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of things. I mean, that, that game was crazy. Just the big plays and everything that goes, it was really fun to watch. I wish I could have, you know, live. I, I watched the whole game later, but like live, I only saw the second half as I was coming back from Jacksonville, but it was a, a great, great football game. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about running backs here, Shane. I know you love talking about running backs. So I didn't think you'd oh, have yeah. a problem with this uh, with, with this segment. But uh, you talked about Tajay Spears listed at 5'10", 195. So all running backs I'm going to talk about here are listed at sub uh, 200 pounds here. And these guys don't tend to get drafted in the first – couple of rounds anymore right i mean th- these are all guys that tend to go mostly on day three these days but we we talked about the 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 game that that spears had another guy who de- there was two other running backs declared for the draft this week um deuce vaughn kansas state um not gonna get any taller so why waste another year in college i get it Five six one seventy six, but my God, he just outran the entire Alabama defense for an eighty eight yard touchdown in that Sugar Bowl game uh, Saturday morning. And then Keaton Mitchell, probably going to be the lowest drafted of the four we're going to talk about, but 
I think he's going to outplay his draft position as a rookie or early in his career. I've been super impressed with the East Carolina running back listed at 5'9", 188. It is interesting because we have so many running backs in this class. So many guys are declaring to of where things are going to kind of fall. You know, to me, I think when you're looking at a sub 200 running back, like 200 is the mark. That, that is kind of where you want ideally want a running back to be. And the athleticism is getting so good at the running back position that bigger, faster, right, is better and smaller, faster. Now, I think one thing to look at more than just weight is BMI. I think that's one thing that's going to help Deuce Vaughn. You know, being 5'6", super is really short for, for an NFL player, for a running back, for anything. But, um, and, you know, that's that's what he's listed at, right? So, you know, I th- we'll see if he can hit that. He probably comes in, a li- I, I think, a little taller even. But, like, his BMI, if he gets up to 180, pretty good. You know, that that's the same thing as having a 5'11", 200, 205 running back. So I think that's what Deuce Vaughn can kind of help himself, where I do think the Keaton Mitchells and, you know, players that are in that 180-ish range, 180 to 190, you're going to be more reserves that have a specific role. You know, Tajay Spears, he's close. I think he could maybe hit that 200 mark if he tries. That would be nice. Um, We'll see if it happens. And we definitely have, you know, a couple other running backs in this class that are going to be on that line. Uh, the other one I wanted to talk about, I've talked about before, is a guy I think can be a between the tackles three down running back is Devin A. Chain from Texas A&M. I, he, and another guy with world class speed, but 5'9, 185. And I think because of that world class speed, because like you said, we saw him go between the tackles this year for AM, he carried the load. A lot of people, myself included, thought LJ Johnson, their second year running back, would kind of split with him. Didn't happen. The chain was too good. You couldn't get him off the field. I think he's probably the favorite to be the RB3 in this class off the board, early second round. Um, and I, I think he's probably going to put on a little bit of bulk if he can, at least for the combine, maybe not run, maybe a run at the pro day. You know, you kind of work that around. Uh, you know, even on top of that, we had Jameer Gibbs, you mentioned before, from Alabama declare – is he going to come in at 200 pounds? I think he's right on that borderline too. And that that's going to be important for his draft stock. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot of questions and this, this running back class is really good, Shane. Um, and we're, we're talking like, I mean, I thought you were crazy when you said there might be nine or 10 drafted in the first three rounds, or I don't think the number was that high, but we're, we may hit that number. Or get pretty close. Yeah, just every everyone's declaring. We're still waiting for a couple more, but um, that's it. Yeah, I, I have an article coming out on Friday of kind of five bold draft predictions, and one is the running backs going in the top 100. Um, I, I think it's going to hit double digits. I do. That's what we call a tease in the business, folks. Yeah, there you a go. Tease. Get ready for that on Friday. Um. All right. So that's gonna that's gonna do it for the main portion of the show here. Good stuff. As always, um, we got a couple questions in the chat, none in the Discord. We got a lot, a lot on Twitter. And a couple came in late last week that I thought merited discussion this week. So we're going to get we'll, – we'll start with those. Uh, at Bam underscore 19 on Twitter ask, is it realistic to expect starting interior offensive linemen in the second or third round? The answer to that is not only should you expect it, it's going to happen – because that's where you draft your interior offensive lineman. So if you're going to plug and play a starter there, it's probably going to happen when guys are in the second, third, even fourth round. Um, we talked off air, and I crucified the pick when the Bengals made it last year of Cordell Volson uh, in the fourth round, and he started every single game for the Bengals this year and has gotten better as the season gone, has gone on. Uh, last, I mean, Creed Humphrey uh, and Trey Smith, and Trey Smith should have never gone in the sixth round. But the Chiefs drafted them in the second, sixth round, respectively, and both started the entire season. So, as rookies, um, so yes, I think not only can you, is it realistic? It's it it should be expected. But I think we're hitting a point with injuries where if you're drafting an interior offensive lineman in the second or third round, that they're going to play at some point in the season. So they kind of have to almost have to be tailor ready. 
Um, and there's always going to be guys that, that people take too high or even that we think are good that, that don't make it and never get a chance. Um, I think this class, like we talked about center earlier, is such a good group where you're going to have starters in the second and third round. I think the interior offensive line, the, the guards, maybe not quite as good, but you combine both because, you know, Jared Patterson from Notre Dame can play either one. You got a lot of guys that can play either one. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of those players. So if you're going to draft one, yeah, I, I think they better be ready to start. And if you don't think that they are, then I, I, I wouldn't draft them day two. At Jonathan Joy 17 asks us, who is the next immediate, in quotes, impact wide receiver? Uh, he listed names, all second round draft picks. So who is that second round wide receiver that's going to be immediate impact in this class? Well, I, I, I replied, I, I think Kayshawn Boutte declaring from LSU kind of has that George Pickens feel to me, and, and that's one of the players that he listed, right? That's the de facto mm-hmm. number one in Pittsburgh now. I mean, Boutte is a talented receiver who's going to probably fall in the draft due to injuries, due to not you know performing, uh, all, all this stuff. So if you can pick a first-round talent in the second round, those are usually the receivers I feel like that work out. I think this year – is not the deepest receiver class in the world, but I do think we have kind of some round two guys, Zay Flowers from Boston College. Um, we talked with Denny about Josh Downs, North Carolina, Rasheed Rice, SMU. I think there are receivers that can make that kind of impact. And I think once after the senior bowl too, I think we're going to have Charlie Jones, Andre Sivas start to rise up boards. So um, I think we're going to see some of those impact day two receivers. I think you are correct. That's another place like we're to target those guys. Um, let's see at Lord Luckin ask draft stock wise, who do you think was the biggest winner from the playoff semifinals? I, I mean, I think that's tough draft stock wise. I think your boy Dylan Horton's got to be near the top of the list just in terms of picks risen. Right. Um, you know, I, I think like when he went look- day three to day two, I think. Yeah, like like with with that performance, right? And so, if we want to talk about money, I mean, I, I think it's probably C.J. Stroud um, because I I really was going into the game was like if he doesn't perform, the NFL might not you know like they did with Justin Fields. Like I'm going to stay away. I think performing against Georgia's defense, I think Stroud could move up from you know being a, a pick 11 pick 12 to pick five that that is uh, probably the biggest financial gain um out of it so that's um th- those are the two that immediately sprung to mind for me i think you could make an argument for quentin johnson as well and we're going to talk about him with the next question but that little uh catch and run <laughs> that's that, 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 that one showed, even close that showed off uh yeah a lot. 21 uh, miles an hour he hit on that. Yeah. At Chiffelier asked, how does Quentin Johnson compare to top wide receiver prospects of previous drafts? I, I think it's an interesting comparison because I, I don't think that he is on the level. Like, I don't think any of these receivers are on the level of some of the top receivers from past drafts. Like, no, no one's Jamar Chase. I don't think anyone's Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith even. Uh, maybe you could draw some parallels with Addison to Smith or like, hey, Johnston's super athletic and big. Maybe compare him to Drake London even. Um, but I, I kind of think this group is more in that, like Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, you know, where you have a Quinn Johnston who's big, fast, really exciting. You have a Jordan Addison who performed, but – maybe doesn't have those physical tools. Doesn't look like this hulking number one receiver. You have JSN who didn't play all year. So we have some problems. So that's kind of where I rank them. Like, I don't think this group is as good as the top receivers the past two years, but that next tier down pretty close. How many more good wide receivers do the NFL need? A a lot. Cause there are a lot of teams that don't have them. You know, now you want two or three, um, I mean, you know, you have a team like the Texans, you have Brandon Cooks and you got nothing. You know, I think there are a lot of teams that just don't, that don't have it um, as much as, uh, as much as we think, because 
gone are the days where if you got, you know, one stud, you have Eric Moles, you're good. You, you gotta, you know, you gotta have like three guys. And I think that's where a lot of teams are running into. At Ben Doggy asks, should I be concerned about the number of running backs coming out along with the number of running back free agents and not enough spots truly moving to one, a one B running back situations is landing spot even more important after the top two or three. Yeah. This, this feels like a fantasy question, right? When you're like in a drafting in dynasty leagues, you're drafting these running backs. And you're like, I want them to be the stud and get 30 carries. And that's not, that's not how it works anymore. I, so I'm, I'm not overly worried about, about it, you know, Outside of Bijan Robinson, do we have a running back in this class that's going to be Derrick Henry? That's going to be Saquon Barkley, you know, that's going to command the full load. No, but there's going to be maybe a handful of running backs in the NFL in general that do that. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I think this rookie group is going to push out a lot of the weaker RB2s on teams because of the talent here. And being role players, I think we're still going to see a lot of these guys perform. I think the Roshan Johnsons and the Chase Browns are going to do a lot, a lot in the NFL, even if they're not the starter. At Schultzy Cass is throwing the gauntlet down at you, says Shane, who is the first quarterback taken in the 2026 draft? Like, and I'm going to say it is not Arch Manning, the quarterback for going to Texas, right? Peyton and Eli's nephew is the likely pick. I'll tell you right now, the number one overall pick is going to be Malachi Nelson, quarterback from Southern Cal. Like, give me the shot at a Lincoln Riley quarterback who's going to sit by Caleb Williams for a year and then burst onto the scene and be amazing. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll push all my money in the middle of the table. I think Malachi Nelson will be the number one pick in 2026. There you go. Shane's all in on Lincoln Riley quarterbacks. Not Lincoln Riley defensive players. But no, it's, it's, like a, it's like a too far. But. All right, a couple of questions to comments. Speaking of future uh, drafts here, Nino has a couple of questions here. Uh, Cal Richard, freshman wide receiver, J. Michael Sturdivant. What a name. Uh, into the portal. Any thoughts on that, Shane? Because I yeah, he, he had a good year this year. So any, I think probably most places are better than Cal at this point. So I'm excited to see where he goes. Probably down the road. Yeah. Could could be making moves. Speaking of down the road, uh, that luscious main of Ball State running back Carson Steele handed, headed to Pasadena to UCLA. Uh, this one probably gets you a little excited, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, th- this is this is my college fantasy football dream right here because Carson Steele is performing at Ball State. Now it's taking Zach Charbonnet's lit it up for two years. I think Carson Steele is going to step in and be really, really good there. Um, he's in my top 10 running backs for 2024, despite going to Ball State. There you go. All right, Shane, final thoughts tonight are going to be mostly here. Our thoughts are with uh, DeMar Hamlin, the uh, player for the Buffalo Bills, and his family as he's currently fighting for his life at UC Medical Center in Cincinnati. Uh, thanks to, I mean, a, just a freak accident, man. I mean, it's just something that me and you both have watched football almost our entire lives. Never seen anything like this happen on a football field. Um, but he suffered cardiac arrest on the field, had to be resuscitated. And um, like I said, currently uh, still in critical condition. I, I know he's a Pittsburgh now. I believe you played high school ball in Pittsburgh, Shane. Is that correct? Went to the University of Pittsburgh. So I know you're more familiar with DeMar Hamlin than I am, although I did see him intercept a pass at the Senior Bowl a couple of years ago. That was pretty sweet. And uh, But uh, DeMar Hamlin, uh, your, your thoughts here? Just – I, I, I know, you know, some of his uh, coaches, teachers that he had at Central Catholic um, from McKees Rocks here in Pittsburgh and all accounts, you know, a great kid in high school and in, in the city has done a lot for the city of Pittsburgh as well. Uh, staying home and staying a pit when he didn't have to was recruited by better programs. Um, so at least from the Pittsburgh connection I have with him here, I mean, everything even before all this has been glowing about him as a person. So, you know, really hoping um, that, you know, everything comes out all right. And at least that, uh, that, you know, he can come out of this and it just was uh yeah, tough. It's a, such a tough situation and tough for his family. And, and I know the, the people here are rooting for him. 
That's that's a fact. Um, so yeah, hopefully you know pulls through. We can live a normal life again. That's that's the dream here at this point. And uh, our thoughts are with him and his family at this time. But uh, that's going to do it for tonight's Draft Countdown podcast. As always, if you're new to the channel, uh, subscribe, uh, like the videos, hit the notification bell so you'll be notified when we go live each and every week. And uh, we're going to be going live a lot more uh, four weeks from now during Senior Bowl week. So get ready for that. Um, if you listen to us on audio, give us a five-star review, be it on Apple Podcasts, be it Spotify, be it however you consume your digital media and uh, share that out with everybody. Uh, let's, let's get the word out about the Draft Countdown podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. And follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. And go to draftcountdown.com for all of your NFL draft daily needs. For Shane, for myself, good night, everybody. Good night.